on tonight's well-prepared driving distilled podcast. Um, yeah, I'm totally lost. <laughs> we talk about relevant motoring topics. I originally wanted to buy a house. I propose a team-building activity. Just stick around after we do this podcast and uh, we'll have a rummage around to Dion Yaris. Manuel has a change of heart. Well, we want to get rid of cars, uh, climate array, and... And our special guest makes an interesting confession. Yes, because I'm not wearing any pants. <laughs> okay. We are live. Podcast number eight. And this time we have YouTube royalty with us. It is Swiss Car Guy. Welcome. And the usual suspect, Manuel, aka MAP, or MAP2K. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining. Thank you for having me. Thank you to be here as well, yes. Now, what we do is um, we usually go around and everybody, um, you know, this usual, we, we gather a bit, we hold hands, we sing Kumbaya and uh, everybody, um, yeah. I hope naked. Um, yes, with varying levels of clothing, yes. Because I'm not wearing any pants. So. <laughs> it would be awkward if it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> I'm the one who, who's gone mad with wearing um, underpants. Yes, you are right about that, but... Swiss car guy. Yes. Yes. I think, Mario, you shared, I think, your name. You didn't do it like I did, where for 10 videos or so, I never mentioned what my name was. I mean, everybody wants their privacy. But I usually, I start my videos by saying, ciao, I'm Mario, I'm a Swiss car guy on YouTube. Because even though my channel is called Swiss car guy, I'm not the Swiss car guy. I'm one of many Swiss car guys. I'm just Mario. So... This is why I think it's important to share the name. Yeah, which I didn't do. Um, Doubt is of different opinion there. <laughs> you know what? I thought, well, you know, I'm. it's not like I'm Matt Watson, right? I'm Matt Watson, uh, welcome to Car uh, Wow or something like that. I thought, well, who cares? And somebody would just say, yeah, you know what? It's driving distilled when it ever, it ever came to that. But then when I introduced Manuel... I felt a bit weird because I never introduced myself. So I thought, okay, now it's time to. <laughs> by the way, did you get any jokes about your name by now? Never. Damn it. <laughs> What's that? Ah, doesn't matter. Okay, Mario, um, for the few people who don't know your channel, um, tell us a bit. The few billion people who don't know my channel. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> well, the few billion people who don't know my channel, but maybe you know yours. Um, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Um, how did you start out? What are you doing exactly yeah i originally started out making reviews this is why my channel originally was called swiss reviews and then i realized that making reviews is a bit difficult it takes a lot of work it takes a lot of editing and in the end i don't think the views were enough to justify continue doing it so i switched to doing like more vlog style youtubing sharing more of my car ownership and especially my cost of ownership videos of the cars that I, I have owned so far. I don't I haven't owned that many cars, but I kept all the data. So I was able to share it and do a total cost of ownership in the end. And this is where I'm at today. And I'm basically running out of cars. <laughs> so I may have to reinvent my channel and uh, or stop altogether, which is always an option. So or buy more cars. Yeah, that's probably going to happen. <laughs> I originally wanted to buy a house, but Nah. That's not going to happen nah. because you have to be a millionaire to be able to afford a house in Switzerland nowadays. That is true. It used yes. to be that, that working families could buy, you know, a modest home. And now even, you know, really rat holes are a million francs. It's insane. And I saved up a bit of money in order to be able to down pay on a house. But now I might use that money for something else, something better. Do it. A car. Maybe. Uh, maybe that. Maybe that's why you did that video on um, now is the time to buy your dream car. Yeah, and this morning I filmed another video, which says basically I think I'm going to sell my GTR. Oh, really? Ooh. And replace it with something. Well, I'm certainly replace it with something, but I believe I'm going to replace it with something slower. Okay. Hmm. You already feel like sharing what it is? I don't know it. Okay. I really don't know because I've never done it. I've never bought a slower car. I always try to upgrade. And I think I've reached a point where... It's difficult, I, yeah. I can't go any faster. I mean, I could go faster, but... Hey, I already like this. I've lost my license three months last year. So I, I need something that's fun at lower speeds. 
Actually, that is true because we have talked about this a few times yep. as well. So for me, that epiphany I had with the M5, which is, I mean, not as fast as the GTR, but um, I've there was already a point where I felt cars are too fast anyway. And yeah, so I, I see where, you, mm -hmm. where you're going with it. Yeah, I think you should really try out the GR Yaris. It's a fun car. It's slower, but not so much. If you have time, let's do a few laps later. <laughs> <laughs> no, the GR Yaris is a car that actually interests me. Well, who isn't? But honestly, something that bothers me about that car, and I know you are not of the same opinion as me, Oh. I wish it was an automatic. <laughs> I knew you were going. I knew you were going to say that. I knew you were yeah. going to say that. Yeah, we are definitely of different opinions there. But my next car might be a manual. So, okay. So yeah, just stick around after we do this podcast, and uh, we'll have a rummage around to Gian Yaris. Sounds like a good yeah. plan. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Manuel, what have you been up to the last few weeks? Uh, yeah, for myself, um, I finished finally my, my battery tray. Um, so for you, Mario, if you don't know, um, I'm rebuilding a Mazda Ripu from scratch. So an old rotary pickup. And um, the cabin is still being sunblasted. That takes a bit longer than expected. But well, good thing will take a while. That's okay. Um, so I finished uh, the battery tray. That thing is now hanging on the, the frame and the video is out as well. And right now I'm basically just preparing a couple of, call it auto tools in my um, basement. Um, so I finished my welding table so I can actually start fabricating things. And um, yeah, soon I expect in the next two weeks I will get the cap back. So then I will immerse in rust repair and how to weld rust holes. And blow the fuse out again. Yeah, that's def well, it depends since the welding happens in my friend's garage. Uh, he has enough power there. But uh, yeah, I, I couldn't weld it in my basement, obviously. <laughs> yeah, so you blew it out twice, I think, right? It did happen a lot more, actually. Okay. Um, but I only had it on video twice. Um, it did happen basically once every 15 to 20 attempts when I was, you know, like when you start welding and you weld for a short amount and you check if everything is okay. You, you know, when you start welding, yeah, I do it every day. <laughs> so yeah, yeah it's a good point actually it, it's one of those things that yeah they're not meant to be done at home but hey i have no other choice right now so it works somehow yeah not bad not bad yeah the things i have been doing finally i mean all winter i've been doing podcast and uh yeah which i love to do by the way i'm really i mean they're really growing on me but i also would like to do reviews other than <laughs> than you um but yeah i'm, I'm just I'm just five reviews in, so it's not like uh, I've done a ton yet. But uh, yeah, I did the Civic Type R, which was fun. The weather was nice at least. But by the time I got to Cupra Formentor, I mean, you guys know it, the last mm. few weeks were terrible. And I thought, you know what? I'm going up on the mountain pass, Ibergarek, which is the only nice. well, one of the few passes that is open, or that is at least not that far away. And it was apocalyptic almost. <laughs> Yeah, it was the, the images looked great mm. because of the, the moody weather. I mean, afterwards I thought, yeah, maybe it was a blessing in the end mm -hmm. because if it's just gray and nothing happens, then it may be a bit worse. But yeah, it was a blessing in disguise. And yeah, now you know for the next reviews, if a car is absolutely terrible, go to somewhere apo apocalyptical. Yeah, make it look better. Uh, yeah, or no, not necessarily. Like if it's bad already, you don't need to make it look better. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, but the car itself was okay. So it I mean, was uh, one of these fancy crossovers and I think it looks nice. Um yeah, but uh, yeah, I would prefer the the Leon mm. if that if that comes around. Let's see. That was actually one of the reasons why I also basically stopped making reviews. The car was okay. Almost every new car is okay. <laughs> there are no bad cars. <laughs> that is true, actually. So it's like, oh, this car is not bad. It's actually good. So, and the next one, well, it's pretty good. And the next one, well, it's pretty good. So, <laughs> and you don't want to be harsh on a car like okay this car is not perfect and this is why i'm gonna slam it no it's actually pretty good it's a perfectly fine car so this is my my review of this car <laughs> yes it is okay like literally every other car i have reviewed yeah maybe that's the case but i but you know what i made i made a game out of it and the car that I, the cars that I really like uh, will get them the the coveted driving distilled badge Ooh. You see? 
Wow, next you level see? shit. Yeah. You see? And maybe make that stuff even like gold, silver, and bronze level or something. Oh, that's that's next level. That's <laughs> maybe at the later stage. Yeah, if, if it turns out I'm just giving those away, right and left, and maybe I introduce a, a tiered diamond. Oh. Exactly, Ooh. diamond level. <laughs> Car. <laughs> By the way, uh, we are already a few minutes in, but I want to say that we are on Spotify. I mean, you you know that I think since you oh you because you said you listen to it in the car. Yeah, but I listen on YouTube. I don't use Spotify. Um, okay. Too advanced for me. I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, you're, okay. I wouldn't I that, say that. <laughs> I think that makes me old as well. Yeah. Um, Why? I think you're younger than me. I'm 34 almost. Um, you see? I'm 37. Oh, I am yeah, I see. Okay, is, I, I turned 37 this year. So. Oh, my God. Then it's over. Nah, it's already <laughs> over for me. Don't worry. <laughs> Okay, okay. Over 30. <laughs> but now that uh, we touched upon this, I mean, you have, I think age has been kind to you, but no. what, what is it with, what is it with, 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 with YouTubers and being bald? I mean, it's the beard. It drains all the hair from your head. Nah, it's, it's fast cars. They make you bald. Okay. That, that's what, what they said in Fast and Furious, right? Okay. That's nice. With Dom Toretto and, and all the others, they're all bald. That driving fast cars. But honestly, I think I started balding at 20, so. You were okay. already driving fast cars back then. No. No? <laughs> no. I was driving a 1.2 at that time. Okay. A 1.2 what? A Lunch Epsilon. Lunch Epsilon. My first okay. car. Okay, they're not really quick. <laughs> oh, they were pretty, pretty neat. Nice. 86 horsepower, short, uh, short gearbox, so it was quite nippy. Okay, uh, my first car had 100 horsepower. It was a. It was even a BMW. Yeah, of course, 316i. Okay, <laughs> cliche fulfilled. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I had not Corvette. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to. You cannot be just. I mean, with my background, you cannot just come here and drive something normal. You have to drive a BMW. Otherwise, otherwise, all the politicians will uh, lose their. I thought you would lose face in the place where you live. Oh no, <laughs> no, they have moved on a long time ago. Oh, okay, especially if you arrive, if you rock up with a thirty-year-old BMW, okay, yeah, that's, matter. That's true. <laughs> okay, um, yeah. Again, for if you want, if you are interested, there's um, you can find driving distills on Spotify and um, all the other anchor pages, which I don't know uh, by heart, but I will I will find out for sure. Apple Music, I guess. No, actually, they don't no. upload automatically to Apple Music okay. or Apple Podcasts. Yeah, the podcasts app is... Yeah, okay, you're right. They don't have podcasts on music. Yeah, you're yeah, right. But, but if somebody complains and uh, if that's the only thing that holds them back, I'll upload it to <laughs> Apple Podcasts as well. Now, um, the community corner, there was one interesting thing because there was this lunatic... Um, who wrote a comment under the last podcast video who said, who claimed that the only French car maker selling in the US is Bugatti. I'm pretty sure he's right. <laughs> Actually, I have to agree because it's, it's, it is sort of true. I mean, they are in Molsheim, which is part of Alsace, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a, a French car maker with, a, with an Italian name and... German ownership. Exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. But I think, yeah, that's closest to a French car maker selling in the, in the US. I mean, in the US, it's always been difficult for Europeans if they were not German. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because German, yes, the English, I mean, you could have bought Jaguars and Land Rovers all the time, but the Europeans, the others, they basically withdrew all at, at some point. I mean, the Italians, they withdrew in the early 90s. Mm. Okay. Because, you know, spotty reliability. And in America, usually you have... <laughs> quite a bit of a distance between dealerships and then you need cars that are sort of reliable because you cannot go 200 kilometers to the next dealership to have it fixed. And, and especially if then it's a European brand who has a, a, a one dealership per state, then... And you get sued for the car breaking down. Yes. <laughs> okay. Well, honestly, I mean, I never thought about it until we, we touched upon it last time. And yeah, now you mentioned it. Yeah, there are probably no Fiats as well, and uh, and Lancias and all. Well, well, now they do. They did, but I think they stopped selling Fiats now. It's just they're just. Well, are they Chrysler? Well, now they have just Chrysler and Dodge and Jeep and Ram and that stuff that really okay. sells. Yeah, and stuff gets rebatched. Yeah, that's that is true. I mean, Scion is the best example. Toyota, Subaru. It's all Scion over there. Also Daihatsu. Daihatsu as well. Yeah, you're right. Okay. Yeah. Well, yes, and. But well, in, interesting is now that 
that we have Stellantis, where Fiat Chrysler and Peugeot Citroën have merged. You know, Americans had the hope, yeah, we have, we'll have Citroëns and Peugeots in America. <laughs> we don't want that. <laughs> but they already announced, no, we're not going to do it. So, No, I think what that means is that they, the next Hellcat will be a two-liter four-cylinder. <laughs> Uh, three cylinders, please. Yeah, three, three cylinders. I mean, downsizing. Uh, yes. No, but most likely the next generation of Chryslers will be Peugeot or DS or yeah. whatever. But since they don't bring the cars over because the brand doesn't have the image and Chrysler's basically screwed. I mean, they're, they're not selling anymore in America. They also, they don't have a lineup. They yeah. have the 300, which is a thousand years old. Is that still being built? Yes. Oh shit, okay. Okay, and it, they, was, and it was rubbish though. Yeah, exactly. Came. I think they've given up on the 200. They don't have a single SUV because they have a Jeep. <laughs> and yeah, okay, because everybody wants a Jeep. So uh, yeah, bring over some rebatched Citroëns and Peugeots. Peugeot. Maybe yeah. they will LS swap the Citroëns over there. Yeah, or maybe they will do that. Well, actually, Vox, I mean, Opel, they have a, a history of, I mean, with Holden's and mm. GM, uh, they are to have a V8 in, in ordinary yeah. cars, but probably this will not happen. Anymore. Well, ah. who knows what happens in the US, but it is irrelevant anyway. Yes. <laughs> um, well, it's also part of the community corner, if I might move on. I wanted to honor our guests or last week's or last time's guests, um, Video. I'm not sure if you if you have seen that. His project was put a starry sky in his Seat Ibiza, and he's finished, mm -hmm. and it looks mad. And I hope they the police pull him over and um, confiscate his car because that's because frankly that thing should not be on the road. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, good job, but yeah, I hope they pull him over. Okay. <laughs> Is this envy speaking? <laughs> it sounds like what? No. <laughs> I think he wants an, in his M2 a starry sky as well. <laughs> or in his studio. I mean, Actually, yes. Maybe, yeah. He should put that work to good use and put it in here. <laughs> Look, he's got the starry sky now. Now he just needs the rest of the Rolls Royce. That is true. Where, where do you start? With the sky, right? <laughs> and now you go to a dealership and you buy a Rolls Royce. I, mean, it's easy. I like that, yeah. Sure. Because I'm sure that's a very expensive option. And now he doesn't have to pay for that anymore because he already has it. That is true. But do you find the Rolls Royce in the size of his car? So that the interior fit? Well, we can make it fit somehow. In, in a scrapyard, you can make it smaller. Make it compact. <laughs> By the way, speaking, speaking of Rolls Royce, did you hear about the, the, boat, the boat tail? Yes, mm -hmm. the car has me very aggravated. How? Because I like the way it looks. Okay. Then I realized that in the back you have stupid picnic tables with like... Come on, now you've made like a nice custom Rolls Royce and then you put that wankery in it. And then I, I read it's 20 million pounds. Yes. Like, what? There was just, I think they, I think they drew straws or something to, to, to <laughs> I mean, to, to put the price on, a price tag on it because, I mean. I think they just weren't crazy with something. You could just say anything. I mean, you say it's. A hundred tons of gold. Every, everyone from the development team brings one idea and we make it into one project. Yes, exactly. Something yep. like that. But that's, I think that's symptomatic for the car market nowadays. You have so much money in people's pockets and in people's bank accounts that they cannot do anything with. They cannot invest it. They, nothing brings your return. So what do you do? You splurge. Rolls-Royce costs 20 million. Who cares? <laughs> a Ferrari 250 GTO is 100 million? Oh, sure, why not? Yeah, the, except the thing maybe with the Ferrari is that, well, let's say the economy stays the same or similarly, you will probably still get those 100 millions on the 250 GTO, but with the rolls, I'm not so sure. Uh, it's, it's, of course, it's a new car. It has depreciation. It's never the same as a used car like the GTO, right? Yeah, but I'm just saying, I mean, let's as, as an example, let's let's take the, the what was that, A12... Not the super fast, the super faster. What was it the called? GTS. The yeah, it's a competizione. Oh, the, right. the competizione. Mm -hmm. And if, if uh, yeah, if the TDF, the version with the, uh, the F12, is anything to go by, it will be double the price the moment it hits the market. People just flipping them. I don't believe it. Really? I don't believe it. I, even the, the the F12 TDF, I don't think it will ever be repeated because there's too many special editions. Yeah, They're doing true. too many of those. And now even the collectors and the guys have actually learned that I can probably buy that car at sticker value. I don't have to overpay for it because there is not an, a market big enough for those cars. 
Mm-hmm. There's just too many of them. And how many billionaires are there that need a hundred special edition Ferraris? So I, I think, look, I personally, I like older cars. I like exotic cars. So I think you will be the same, but I regularly watch the, to the classifieds. I see what's mm-hmm. for sale and stuff. And I have been, you know, going back and forth with the idea of owning a Ferrari for a while now. Okay. I've even test drove one two years ago. And the same cars that were on sale back then are still on sale today. Mm-hmm. And I know exactly the cars that have sold were the cars that were well-priced. But all the cars that had like, it's going to be a future classic, it's going to be worth a million, these cars are still, still for sale. Mm-hmm. And some cars, and this is a nice thing if you go to Comparis, you see when it was first um, yep. first inserted, then you see like, oh, this car has been for sale for 11 years. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. <laughs> yeah, I think this also goes back to what we discussed, remember? When we said, well, you know, just because you write a price on Autoscout or any other page doesn't mean that's not the money you're going to get. For me, I mean, I sort of knew that, but for me, what was eye-opening for me when I started going through the auction sites? Mm-hmm. Because there you see real prices people are willing to pay for these cars. And um, yeah, I think you're right. Um, because the TDFs I saw back then are still in there today. Yep. So yeah, that's, yeah, that is true. Um, yeah, let's see how let's see how that that will develop. Well, it's not I'm in the market for those cars anyway, so not yet. You you think <laughs> they they are so many special editions that at one point they will become super cheap? Yeah, at one point people will be trading them for Fiat Pandas and stuff like that because come on, I need something a bit more exotic. Or a Fiat <laughs> A Panda rather. Ooh, yeah, maybe. By the way, I think you you owned the nine nine six Turbo once, yes. right? Tell us a bit about that. I'm really interested in that. Well, the nine nine six Turbo is. Basically, back then, this was right after I owned another certain car that was from Germany with 12 cylinders that made my life miserable <laughs> and whose name I don't actually say out loud. Okay. But it was from a manufacturer in Wolfsburg. Oh. And <laughs> that car, um, and after I got rid of that, I was like, okay, now I need, I need something else. I need, and I need to upgrade, you know? That was very luxurious and everything, 420 horsepower. And I went like, okay, maybe not more horsepower, but more speed. So I thought, okay, I need a sports car. And also at, at that time, I think I was 30. So I went like, oh my God, I either get a sports car now or I'll never do it. Mm-hmm. Because when will I want to drive a sports car? When I'm 70 or something like that? So Why not? I originally wanted to buy an Alpha 4C. Okay. They're cool as well, yeah. But the Alpha 4C, it was just so expensive. It was 70,000 francs to buy it back then. And then I, w- I went like, it's, it's so much money. I mean, even if you finance it and everything, it, the payments, it's too much money and it will depreciate and mm. I will lose money. So I started looking at alternatives and then the 911 came up and I went like, ooh, really? They, they are this affordable? And because that was the 911 Turbo when I was 18. So that mm. was like a halo car. It was never one of my dream cars because I'm not a Porsche fan. Mm-hmm. I would always have preferred to have a Ferrari, but let's say the Porsche is certainly more daily drivable than a Ferrari. Then I actually started looking at them and I bought the cheapest one in the market. So it had, I think, 150,000 kilometers when I bought it. Mm -hmm. And the previous owner had spent some money. I think he had turbos rebuilt at some point. Okay. So that was like, I I had like um, invoices for like 8,000 francs and stuff like that. So I bought the car. It wasn't, the car was good. I only had one major failure, one major failure that really left me barely making it home. And that was when an O-ring failed on a, on the accumulator for the clutch. Okay. So that was, then I, I had the accumulator replaced. It was like 400 francs. And then the rest was just normal maintenance and the car ran great. And I sold it with 190,000 francs and I made a little bit of a profit. So it's nice. it's great. But I've, I bought the car originally for 30,000 francs mm-hmm. and then I sold it for 33. Now it would be probably a 40,000 franc car. But if I had kept it, I would have spent at least another 10 grand. Yes, probably more than those 7,000. Yeah. Because I know there are some things that were starting to sort of fail. I mean, not super expensive things, but for example, that car is a, a hydraulic spoiler. Mm-hmm. And yes, okay. the cylinders were starting to leak. 
then you can either rebuild them or you can replace them with electric stuff. But, you know, it's always money. And mm. I figured it was the right time and GTRs were affordable enough that I could finally buy a GTR. So I went that route. Okay, so, but it, it never left you um, hankering for another 9-11. No, because I never loved 9-11s. And it has, ha it has the problem that, the problem I see that most 9-11s have, since it's very heavy at the back, it tends to be very light at the front. So especially if you if you like if it's low on fuel or something, uh, at speed the steering becomes very light, and it's it's not super well balanced. I know the newer ones are better, but to me the newer 911s they are worse, because the newer 911s they feel too much like a normal car. Driving that car around, unless you're pushing it you might as well be driving a, 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 a Skoda or an Audi. A because, yeah, because even the interior materials, it feels very similar. And at least in the older cars, I mean, they have shitty interiors. I mean, let's be honest. But the moment you're in it, you know it. This is a different kind of car. But to be honest, I, I like that. I like that in a car when it's simple. So when I picked up the GI Yaris this morning, um, for example, they are, okay, this one has the, what is it? The... Uh, the premium pack, which gives you, I, don't, I think, lots of electronic gizmos mm -hmm. and stuff. But for example, if you look at the Speedo, it's just a regular Speedo and a, a regular rev count and no fancy graphics and stuff, for example. This was one thing that I did not like very much in the Formentor, for example, because the, the graphics and then everything pops up that you're going too fast and then, oh, there's somebody on the left and no, there's somebody in the front. Keep it down. You cannot change lanes now and stuff like that. It was driving me mad. And the Yaris just... Two dials and that's it. But is it a, an electronical display or is it a manual gauge? I mean, they are, I think they are really electronic. The back, but the, the, the counters are Digital. analog, yeah. Oh, analog, analog cool. yes, yes. And I really like when you, I like this simplicity. I mean, I, I, I go on about the driving modes every single time because they drive me mad because nothing changes about the car or not, not fundamentally. I mean, I I like the one in the M5. That was fun. But other than that, usually they do not change a lot about the car. Mm. Depends on the car. Mm. Some some are a bit more more extreme than others. Do I have a good example? No. <laughs> no. Well, I do. But for example, if you drive a, a modern Alpha with their DNA system, okay, basically every mode that isn't dynamic is not very good to drive. Okay. Okay. Except for the Stelvio Quadrifoglio. Mm -hmm. where I think if you're not pushing it, dynamic is too aggressive. It's not fun to drive because okay. as soon as you touch the pedal, the car instantly mm -hmm. starts moving. And when, when I'm putting around town, I don't want it. So this that is actually a car I would normally drive in the normal mode, something that I usually never do. But <laughs> that mm. car, yes. Okay. Yeah, how do you feel? How do you feel about driving modes? I mean, all my cars out of the four that I own, only one has driving modes, uh, which is the Focus RS. And there I would say it does change. Um, of course, it depends which one you choose. So between normal and sports, there's not too much. Okay. But if you go to the racetrack mode, um, then you feel like in a super stiff uh, environment. So then driving on the normal road, then then I would agree with Mario that that's not a mode that you really want to drive on the street because as soon as you have some small stones or, or any dirt on the road, it's just like starting to shake and everything. So that's not really fun. And of course, I mean, there's the drift mode, which changes it completely upside down. So cornering will become an adventure, drifting mode, obviously. Um, but again, it's not modes which I would use in a daily life, to be honest. Okay. Yeah, I'm just thinking, I mean, about the M2 and, and, uh, and the Civic, if, if any of the driving, of, let's say if I could just choose one, I think I would choose any of them. I mean, it wouldn't matter to me and I could, I would, would live heavily, happily ever after without, um, changing them ever yeah. again. So yeah, I'm a bit, uh, yeah, skeptical about those driving modes, but doesn't matter. Um, let's move on. Um, oh, you want to add something? Yes. Should the camera have turned off? Because if we're recording half an hour here, that thing started way earlier. Yeah, that's true. It's still recording. And I still see it's red. It's still so, red, yeah. Ah, you see, maybe, did they fix that with the A7C? I think they did. Because that would be tremendous. <laughs> because I think I, rem I, I recall considering, you know, swapping it out. Okay. From the A7 III to the A7C. And I, I thought that was one of the things that they fixed, but... 
let's let's give it let's give it a few more minutes because now i'm I'm keep staring at the screen is it recording i see it's red but maybe it says stop i don't know (laughs) let's check no no it's it's wreck yay but you can edit that out you know yes like like always people say when they say (laughs) edit it out and it stays in (laughs) nice um good news huh um, we were talking. I think I think it goes. Uh, it fits sort of the the topic. Um, remember that thirty. I'm not sure if you remember the thirteen B Renault five turbo. So yeah. somebody swapped out the um, the, the four cylinder for a thirteen B rotary engine, and it went for almost eighty thousand dollars on uh, bring a trailer. Mm-hmm. And then you said, well, you know, I think a, a clean Renault five turbo would go for more than hundred thousand uh, francs or dollars, and. Yeah, it turns out you you were right because I found one on collecting cars mm-hmm. that went away for um, what was it for seventy thousand pounds, which you will find makes a bit more than hundred thousand mm-hmm. francs. So, and this is a clean model. Maybe we can let's see if we can do this. What do you think about Renault Five turbos? I like them. And this is a really nice example. I like the number plate. Badass. <laughs> okay, this Chromecast thing is not very quick, I see. It's a bit laggy. I think the Renault 5 Turbo, it's a great looking car. It's one of those iconic, yeah. you know, rally cars from the from the Killer B era. Yeah. Uh, I like it very much. I would never buy one, obviously not, especially not for a hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, many people who were kids when those cars were racing are now very rich. Exactly. Oh yeah. And I think this is always an indicator of what car will be valuable in the future. It's like, like our generation is now slowly coming into money. Mm-hmm. So basically, now all the cars that were hot when we were young, mm-hmm. they're going up in value. Yeah, like the 205s, for example. If whatever comes from Japan out of the 90s is going nuts right now. Yep. Yeah. Everything. It doesn't matter what car. Everything is going crazy. Oh, yeah. Or, for example, I was looking at... Uh, oh, I see the stuff that my children are watching. <laughs> yeah, your children. <laughs> yeah. Of course, doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should turn it off. Maybe it's too distracting. <laughs> Let me get the remote. <laughs> we'll edit it out, obviously. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I was looking at Peugeot's 40. Was it back then? 405. The MI16 was it? The, no, it was a 406. The MI16. Uh, no, no, it was a 405. Really? Yep. The 406 is the one that was in taxi. That was the later car. Or did they have an MI16? Ah, yeah, no, that's well? true. This was the 405. Yeah. And I mean, it's it's not, not, nothing like this one. But uh, yeah, you need to, to get. I mean, fifty, sixty thousand Swiss francs mm-hmm. to get. Which I mean, it's a lot of money for. I'm mean, let's be honest, but still, yeah, those heroes go up in value as you, as you suggested. Yeah, anything else to throw in there? The problem is that the previous generation of cars don't seem to come down in value because you say, you know, like the cars from the '60s. Like, hey, the people who were young back then, they're dying now. Yeah. So demand should go down, but apparently, even younger people still like those cars. But they have character. That's the thing. I think newer cars, I mean, you said it just before. It's like, yeah, every new car is is okay. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but with the older cars, I mean, there's a lot of emotion associated with it. People, as you said, like you saw them in these uh, collector cards. Um, what was it called? When you compare the values. Top trumps, yeah. Top, top trumps, exactly. So you, from back then, basically everyone is just associating their, their feelings with it. It's the same for me. Like if I look at Ferraris, that my dream Ferrari would be something like an F40 or F50. That's what, when I was a child, I was like looking at in, uh, the poster in the wall. I was like, yeah, that's a nice car. Like the newer Ferraris, I mean, yeah, they look okay. They look nice, but they don't have that emotion associated to them as when I was a kid and was looking at an F40 or an F50. Yeah, cars are very, very clinical. I don't know, I mean, how kids these days feel about them, but new cars to me, at I, least I think it's bit- less important to them. At least that's how I feel. I think... There are not so many like us that are like really into cars that, that really want to f- to drive them. They're more like, oh no, we want to get rid of cars, uh, climate array, and yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. But 
if if you fancy a 13B and you don't want it in a Renault 5 Turbo, may I suggest an RX3? Nice car. And I think it looks fantastic. Yeah. And it could not be sold. Probably too much money. <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. And this one is in Australia, so I don't know about that. I mean, they have a lot over there. Like in general, everything that is associated with rotaries, uh, that's the scene, that's the spotlight. And Was that a taxi? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> no, definitely not. Well, the color suggests it was a banana at some point. Yeah, uh, maybe. No, it's it's a beautiful car. It's, I think it's it looks a fantastic. real beauty. And again, it's the same era as all those old um, 240Z, 280C from Nissan. Um, that, that's the era, that's the design that you see. And I really like them. They look so stunning. How do you feel about? I don't like them. No? <laughs> I, don't I mean, like specifically them. this one. I mean, these. I don't like general. old Mazdas. I don't actually don't. I don't like the Z cars. Okay. Okay. I like. I think the first. What was the first one? The 240 was the first yeah. one. I think so. Yeah. I think that one was okay, but then. I mean, the old Japanese cars to me they have always a bit of a stigma of old cars, and as you may know from my channel, I like Japanese cars. It's just the old ones. Because maybe I'm old enough to remember that they were quite rust buckets. So they were That's reliable true. cars, but holy moly, if you had a salt in winter, yep. it was like an old Alpha. It was like yep. gone. And I'm personally, I'm not such a fan, especially because most of these older Japanese cars, they were also very derivative. So they was, oh, they imitated a bit this car, like the 240, it imitated a bit the E-Type. E -type, yeah. mm -hmm. And personally, I don't like the E-Type. I think it's, proportions are wrong and therefore have another car imitate the same proportions is like great idea guys so yeah but, but the thing is yeah, the, the e-type was an icon so maybe that's how they felt <laughs> they yeah they, they i mean if, if you look closer. at the japanese culture especially um back in that time at the time that was exactly what they were doing they were copying what was technically sound and solid and and made it their own that that's that has been the the Japanese way in in after the the post World War Two basically, and that's why a lot of these cars re resemble other cars that we know from over here. Oh yeah, and and I'm I'm a hypocrite because I own the Lexus LS430, which basically looks like a copy of a W140 Mercedes Benz. So <laughs> yeah, but I love that car, and I I hope <laughs> one day to buy another one. Yeah, I mean, about what what rust? I mean, as far as rust buckets go, I think uh, Manuel can tell you from a much more <laughs> recent car that has that problem. But that was in America. That was not even in Japan, <laughs> even though it's a Mazda. <laughs> yeah, I mean, or the Evo Eight. Oh, the uh, yeah, okay, Evo. I mean, that, that that is not so old, and there are still rust buckets. So yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Even for newer cars, that applies what Mario was saying. What Evo's rust? No, they were rally cars. They, yes. The, the, yeah, but you know, when they were rallying, they could say, yeah, you know what? It was a tough stage and everything. That's why we have to rebuild literally everything. <laughs> and it never really, um, nobody realized, nobody noticed. I but the moment, the moment they get out of the showroom, they will. I was never expecting that. When I saw that Evo 8, that changed my image on Evos entirely. Because, you know, I'm, 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 I'm a bit of a masochist as what regards cars. I can suffer a lot of, you know, failures, faults and everything, but... Rust is just something that, I mean, come on, cars still rust. <laughs> this is, for me, it's just a, a major no-go. And this is probably also why I will never be able to own a classic car. Because to me, that's like, it's like cancer. Once you have it, you, you don't get rid of it anymore. So, yeah, that is true. That is true. Okay, now we had... A lot of fun and games, like every, like like <laughs> every time we have a bit of fun, and then it's um, you know fun times are over, and now we get to a serious topic, and I mean a, a, a properly serious topic. Does Switzerland hate cars? I think yes, mm, they do. I made a video about it. So. Yes, yes, I think <laughs> that's why I uh, put it in here because I I like how you started out with. Well, actually, no. And I was thinking, well, not everything is bad. For example, if I talk to people, so uh, if I, I talked to a mate re, uh, a few months ago from Portugal and he says, well, you know, you cannot even buy those cars there because they are super expensive because of taxes and everything. So in that regard, maybe it's not so bad. But the mo I think the moment you have it, you're not supposed to drive it. Yep. Yeah. No, oh. you're not even supposed to own it. Because even... If it was just you're not supposed to drive it, then just make the tax system that way. But right now, if you have like a car with a big engine, with a V8 or whatever, 
you pay a lot of taxes on it. Mm. Even if you drive five kilometers a year, mm -hmm. yep. if they really didn't want you to drive, just put all the taxes on the fuel. Just You can own as many cars as you like. It costs you basically nothing. But as soon as you drive it, as soon as you burn fuel, pay for it. And I think that would be fair mm. because it will make it easier for normal people to own multiple cars and you know to drive each one couple of thousand kilometers a year or something like that. Instead of, okay, you own five cars and now you pay 5,000 francs in taxes and insurance and whatever. So they don't want us to own them. They want, want us to buy them and then yeah. probably export them because I don't know what else to do with them. Yeah, or put them in the garden on a, on a plant and just look no, at no, them. That, no, no, that is uh, poison for the environment. You can't do that. Mad move. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, actually, you're right because I mean, I'm the M5, five liter V10, it was almost 1500 mm -hmm. francs a year. And it is silly because, I mean, in five years, I did 8,000 kilometers on that. Mm -hmm. So everybody with his, I don't know, 1.9 Skoda Octavia diesel who does 200,000 kilometers in five years um, will have polluted the air much more in that time. And yet, um, yeah, with 1500 Swiss francs, you can run your Octavia, I don't know, maybe for 10 years or something like that. Um, and the th I think what worries us, I think we can agree there, is that there's no hope that it will stay there like this. It will probably get worse. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think the problem is not that really Switzerland hates cars. I think it's just that the people don't care enough. Most people don't really care about cars and driving and for them they are more of a nuisance than anything else. So whatever regulations come up that make driving and owning a car more difficult, nobody's going to oppose it except, you know, mm. the few of us and we are nobody. So Not yet. Yeah. Not yet, yeah. Not yet. That's, I mean, that is true. We don't, I mean, the motorist in Switzerland doesn't have a voice and the others don't care enough and that's why tree huggers get voted and mm. then they come up with... Uh, with interesting bills like the one on the CO2, for example, mm -hmm. that we are voting in a few two weeks. weeks yeah, in two weeks, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, we can. I think we can tie this together because it's always it always comes down to the CO2 and uh, emissions and stuff like that. And yeah, so who thought that if Switzerland gets their CO2 emissions uh, sorted, the world will, will benefit from that? The Swiss, obviously. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, a particular group of Swiss people. No, I uh, mean, look, I see there is a point in lowering CO2 emissions because it's a worldwide effort that everybody is taking part with the Paris Climate Accord and everything. I just don't think that us passing a certain law that makes CO2 emissions more expensive is the right way to do it. Because it's it puts us in a, in a bit of a stupid situation because it makes us less, compa uh, less competitive compared to other countries that do not have these regulations yet, if they ever will. Mm, yeah. And again, it makes living in Switzerland even more expensive. But no, the money comes back to the citizen in some forms or another, but the fuel becomes 12 cents more expensive per liter. I mean, how much money has to come back? And also, I'm single and have no children, so I, I don't get any slack from the state. So basically, I end up paying, and I don't like that, and this is why I will vote against, and so should you. Yes, absolutely. Yes. So driving this still officially and Swiss car, uh, the Swiss Car Guy channel and... Same for me, yeah. And uh, Map2K's channel, so we all endorse, or we are, yeah, we say that the referendum should, should happen, so yeah, against it. Yeah, yeah but also, I mean, I'm not a climate denier, but personally, I think that global warming, the way it's happening, the way it's progressing, even if we reduce all the CO2 emissions, I'm not sure it can even be stopped. So instead of investing trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars into trying to stop global warming, maybe we should invest that money in preparing for the effects like building mm. water reservoirs for areas that are going to be dry and arid, like building dams for zones that will be flooded. This is something we should do more immediately and in the same time try to also get, you know, lower emissions, try to make that by, you know, making it 
cheaper to be green and i mean it's happening right now if you have solar panels solar panels on your roof if you own a house they don't cost that much more to mm. to put up and you know i think in about 15 years time they will have paid for themselves yep. so it's also a smart financial decision if you think long term mm -hmm. but you know just having regulations and forcing it i just don't think it's the right thing the reason that i think this is a straw man effort is that you know countries like like the US, like the US or China, they are not bothering with this at all. I mean, they are talking about it, but they will never, as you said, put their competitiveness in, in the economy on the line for it. So w the reason why I don't buy any of this is that, yeah, we don't matter at all in on a global scale. And so it's just an effort to yeah get more money out of people's pockets. And this is ridiculous. And fairly, it's, I mean, it is really ridiculous. I'm happy that, uh, yeah, it did not get through and people um, mm. uh, started the referendum. And yeah, it's, well, I'm mean, not that we will be able to influence anybody, but yeah, this should not get through. This is yeah, yeah, I can not just acceptable. Agree. Can't just agree. Also, as much as it pains me to say, but I think if we really want to get global warming down, instead of CO2 and car emissions and that stuff, we have to look at meat and farming and ranching because they produce not only CO2, but they produce, produce methane, which is a way, way stronger uh, climate gas. And we need to cut down on that. And I don't want to stop eating meat, but maybe there are other ways. Yeah, but I mean, uh, the thing is, for example, if you look at cargo ships, if you look at the biggest companies mm. in the world, I mean, if they don't even start getting their emissions down, I think we should not even talk about it. Yeah. We shouldn't even talk about single people or anything. But the thing is, that's where you get the money. You do not get the money from the big companies because they will threaten you with, oh no, if you, oh, you know what, I'll just leave. I'll exactly. just I'll find another place. But then the problem, and the thing is that your, um, yeah, your uh, citizens, they probably will not leave that easily. So you just put tax them. It's a tax on everything. And mm. yeah, it's so it's, it's wrong from many different perspectives and it's, it's uh, unjust and it's, but not that that, that ever mattered. I, injustice, think, but. I think it was, Maybe the CEO of Ruf, Alois Ruf, okay. who once said, as long as in Chinese rivers you can develop film, we don't have to worry about our eco ecology and our emissions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, acid rain, until it gets out here. Yeah. That is true. That is so true. I mean, you put it in a few words and it, uh, it, could, not be, it could not be truer. And the, and the other thing is, um, so... Yeah, what is the other thing? I forgot You now. don't have a script. I told you, you have to make a script. Then. Yeah, I should do a script. <laughs> yeah. We'll edit it out. We'll edit all of it out. Um, yeah, I'm totally lost. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Um, yeah, we are now we have three confused people at the table. Exactly. We are on Driving This Tale Podcast 8. <laughs> we are not driving. <laughs> it's the podcast. It's what a are podcast. we distilling then? Yeah, you should do the podcast in a car. Yeah, let's do that. While driving, that will make a lot more sense. Let's go get the Yaris. <laughs> Are, uh, would you be in? Sure. Did you suggest let's do that? Oh, uh, maybe not. Why? I'm a terrible passenger. I get car sick. Ooh. Believe it or not, I get car sick very easily. Sometimes even when I drive myself. <laughs> I just want to say, so you drive then, but okay. I will get just something, I don't know, something super slow and... Or I take a pill. Or you take a pill. Let's bind him on the roof. Well, no, it's okay. You can be a passenger. We'll give you a nice bag. Uh, <laughs> I, I know. I won't use it. Really? I want you to have fun as well. <laughs> no, but that was a good idea, actually. So you see, my me being lost um, brought up a new idea. So yeah, let's and that. it's great because all this equipment you bought now is completely useless. Yes, for that. it's useless. So, yay! Okay, let's maybe do one more podcast so we have at least three, and then let's move into the car. Um, okay, since I really don't remember what I was going to say. <laughs> Let's move on. And wow, well, actually, we we uh, yeah we went through that topic very quickly because it's super easy. Just no, vote no. Yeah, it's a bit of a one-sided discussion because I think nobody of us is for Going it. To oppose, yeah, true. And we are. I mean, this is also. I mean, this is a criticism to you. <laughs> you should have a bit of a more diverse. Uh, <laughs> oh, you see, oh, you mean my guests are yeah, not very balanced. Uh, maybe somebody from the Green Party next time or something like that. Yeah, just go out on the street; you will find plenty of them. Plenty of tree huggers. Yes. Yeah. Um, actually, this is a good point because um, when we had this discussion about uh, what was it a few months ago, those three young people died in Solothurn. I'm oh, pretty yeah. sure you've heard of them. Um, I, we were thinking. Well, I was thinking about inviting that uh, uh, Daniel Ure, who said, "Yeah, you know what? I was always uh, against." The 80 speed limit should have been 60 if it was uh, for me. 
So I was going uh, to invite him over and see uh, what he thinks about. So maybe we should extend that and uh, yeah, talk about uh, yeah, invite a few green people or at least one green person. Oh yeah, now I remember. So the one thing I was going to say <laughs> about emissions in Europe, I mean, after the nineties, emissions since the nineties, emissions are going down. So in terms of cars, we never needed to move past Euro three, maybe maybe not even Euro two. And we would still have nice cars, and it wouldn't matter at all. And uh, but the thing, well, it would matter because we could not be uh, taxed if mm. if it was like that. So yeah, that was my my point that I wanted to. Yeah, but then again, even if you have, if we have all these emissions rules and everything, the car is not the strong pollutant in 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 the world. Yeah, I mean, then it's I think it's better. Hey, incentivize people getting rid of their oil or coal heating systems and have like a heating pump something efficient something good do something like this build more nuclear power stations clean energy you know and not mm. ah let's let's tax the cars even more let's have the motorists pay more yeah or just stop ordering stuff from aliexpress yeah i mean shipping stuff from china that's it yeah <laughs> yeah but as long as it's cheaper than yeah. or than having it shipped from <laughs> from zurich to dupendorf or something like that <laughs> yes yeah that is true. That is true. Yeah, so maybe yeah, just forget all this political stuff. It all boils down to money. Yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. It all, uh, oh, by the way, how much am I getting paid for this podcast? Ah, you agreed without talking about that point, so I think this one is on you. <laughs> so standard fare, I think. <laughs> yeah, which is... Uh, you you got your chance. You got I one can of Coke. You can pay me either in money or in sausages. Your choice. Or in strong pornography. No, I have enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it? Sausages and money? Yeah. Okay. Um, do you like sujuk? The Turkish? Uh, not that much. Not that much? Okay. I'm very particular about my sausages. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing to know. Okay, let's talk about it later. <laughs> much later. Yes, much later. Yeah, because the thing is, you brought it up on the podcast, and Manuel, of course, is hearing this, and I never paid him a dime. You need a better agent. What agent? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's sort this out later. Maybe, maybe I could pay you with a brand new Lotus because apparently um, they are, well... I accept the deal. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, they killed off um, basically all their models. And uh, later this year, maybe early next year, they will be the new Emira, mm -hmm. which is going to be the last internal combustion engine um, Lotus, any thoughts on that? Yeah, what do we say? I mean, uh, Lotus, I always liked Lotus in general. Um, they were always fun. They had a different principle or a different style of producing cars. They were not so much about as much horsepower as possible. No, they tried to be efficient, low weight, small dimensions, but nimble and still quick. Um, so I, I, I hope that this last car will still be a lotus in its essence and i still hope that even if the combustion engine lotus is afterwards so obviously it's going to be e maybe a lot further down the road some uh water uh powered ones or hydrogen yeah hydrogen yeah um i still hope that at least with their principle that they stay true to themselves and that they're not becoming like yet another whatever volvo golf whatever you name it, like 0815 car. Um, I, I still hope that they stay true to that, even though the powertrain will be different. Um, that's what I hope for, at least. But I'm really looking forward to, to that car and on how it works, how it does, and how it's compared to others. How do you feel about Lotuses? Honestly, I don't really care about Lotus. Really? No, not really. I mean, I like the idea of Lotus, like add lightness, mm -hmm. but all in all, the cars themselves, they have never attracted me a lot because maybe it's also because of those top trump things because it's always the lightest one not that much power so in figures it's always like oh it's a four cylinder oh look this oh it's i know they they are good they handle well but personally they never really touch my life in any way and for me they were always a bit too specialist of a car hmm. and i like kind of all round those cars that can do more things Plus, also, I think the new ownership they have, 
I don't really trust so much in them that they really have the stamina to keep it to go the whole distance. So to me, Lotus is basically, as a car brand, I think they will die sooner or later. Well, I, first I was going, I thought you were going to say that, well, you don't like them because they're manual most of the time. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but uh, I sort of agree with you on that because, I mean, the, there was the defining character of them was that they handle nicely and they are light. And this is going to change with, I mean, let's ignore the Emira, the coming one. The, the, I mean, the last ICE car. Mm. And because they're saying, well, from what year ever, they are going to be EV only. And I think that will kill the essential Lotus, um, well, the Lotus tennis of being light and everything because they will go into SUVs because they will go into, um, yeah, this, this what was it, the Evija with 2,000 horsepower, but it's a two-ton, well, it's a 1,600 kilogram car. So they probably will still be called Lotus, but it's not going to be that Lotus that... You know. Let's see, because I mean, obviously the paradigm is changing, so you will not have sub one ton cars anymore uh, being EV powered. But um, I, I'm, I'm sure there are still ways that Lotus can keep that adding lightness to their portfolio. I mean, then maybe we are then not comparing uh, 900 kilo Elise against uh, 1400 uh, Golf or whatever anymore, but maybe we are then comparing... Uh, 1600 kilo Avija with a two and a half ton heavy GTR R36. I mean, um, maybe the paradigm is But my point is why? Why would you even care? I mean, the way I see it, the moment the cars are electric, it doesn't matter anymore because electric cars, they are all the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you've driven true. one, you've driven all of them. Sure, one might be lower and sportier, but in general, even the, the tall ones due to the battery pack very down low, they have a very low center of, of gravity, mm. they, they handle well, and where you really feel it is in the weight, in the corners, and in the braking. And even the sports car, it will be heavy. It mm. will never be the same as, you know, the sub-1,000 kilo car. So I think their very essence is being completely lost, and I think it's the completely wrong direction. I think Lotus should really stick to not doing that, because I made the analogy of watches and cars, Mm -hmm. And to me, it's the same thing because nowadays you still have, you know, the enthusiast who will who will own a mechanical watch and not mm -hmm. a digital watch or an electric watch or whatever. And I think the driving enthusiasts, even in the future, they will want the mechanical car. They want the internal combustion engine and the manual gearbox, of course, which in electric <laughs> doesn't make sense. And I understand that they have to do it because they need to get their fleet emissions down to a certain level. But at this point, it would be better to try and, you know, be bought by the Chinese or whoever so that you can be the internal combustion division within a much larger car company. Because I cannot see car enthusiasts going, yes, I'll buy that electric car. And then you have that one and then, oh, I bought the other electric sports car because it has more range. Different color. <laughs> or yeah, or it looks different because they will be similar in performance, it will be similar in handling, they will have the similar advantages and disadvantages. It's not like, now I have a Porsche, then I buy a Ferrari, flat six, V8, V12, completely different, mm. everything is different, motor in the front. No, it's exactly. going to be pretty much all the same. Mm. So for the sports car manufacturers, I think either, you know, get down to your core values or get out. So what you're saying is basically, uh, the moment a car maker decides to become EV only, they are turning beige. Yeah. That's it. Uh, my point is that if you have an, if Lotus made an EV whatever, and at the same time you had Renault made an EV Espace, mm -hmm. which is a minivan, I reckon they would be very similar in performance and in driving. Yeah, there is yeah. not this large differentiation because even what, what are you going to differentiate on? Oh, it sounds different. No, it no. vibrates more. Yeah, maybe because there's worse dampening, but what's the point? Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I see this I, I see this actually maybe as, as, the, as you said, the, the new investors, right? Geely. I mean, they, I mean, why do you invest? Because you want to get a return on your investment, right? You want to make money. And so, yeah, that's why EV is on the, uh, on the plate. That's why um, SUVs are on the plate. And yeah, that's why losing actually the very essence of what made your car brand is, is on the plate. So how do you feel about uh, Lamborghinis? And, well, in general, how do you feel about Lamborghinis? I mean, you mentioned Ferraris a few times, but how do you feel about Lamborghini? I don't know. To me, to me Lamborghini has always been more of a show-off car. Okay. It's like the Ferraris for the driver, the Lamborghinis for the show-off. 
even though I think this has changed quite a lot, mm. even I think even even Diablos and Countaches were better to drive than people make them out to be. Mm-hmm. But it's exactly what I already said. I mean, you go into electric, oh wow, an electric Lamborghini. So now I don't have the sound anymore. I don't have the feel the way the engine feels. So now I just have the shape and a car that's in the end less practical than if it was like a four-door sedan or something like that. So it's like, I understand that they have to do it. I understand that it's trendy, but I understand also that there's rumor that Lamborghini is being sold. Mm-hmm. So this is exactly the announcement you have to do to be trendy, to get these uh, the shares higher, isn't it? Yeah, but I th- what I mean, what also is is there, of course, I think we, we people like us, we are of a dying breed, I feel like. Um, so younger people and, uh, well, also more and more people our age and older and everywhere, they are moving towards this trend, right? It's it, what excites us, the drivetrain, the sound an engine makes, um, the sound that comes out of the exhaust, and this kind of stuff matters less and less. And that's mm-hmm. why um, maybe people in the future will judge a car by by the interface. It will be like, uh, it will be iOS versus Android all over again. Oh, mm-hmm. you which interface do you like more? I mean, not the driver's interface, really like the software. We'll compare it to, to clothing brands. Like, oh, I have a bag from Louis Vuitton and the other one just has one from Freitag. Yeah. But they are the same material. They're probably ultimately stitched together in the same fabric. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that's the only difference, how it looks. But we are already there. I mean, yeah. I, I made the point that basically if you have a car that was built within the last 20 years, you have a perfectly good car. You don't need a new car unless it's a BMW and it breaks down all the time. But basically, you don't need a new car. But what I see in my environment, many people buy a new car because, oh, I can connect my iPhone yeah, to it. Yeah. And I have the, 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 the CarPlay on the screen and stuff like that. And then I went like, hey, 20 years ago, you could just swap, sw- swap out the head unit and have mm-hmm. all that. You mm-hmm. don't need a new car for that. So it's like... Cars are already differentiating by just the stupid multimedia features and not really by how they feel and how they drive because every recently modern car is fine. It's good enough. Yeah, that's true. Mm. <laughs> it's okay already. <laughs> yeah, I mean, imagine if you bought a 20-year-old car in the year 2000, it was a car from 1980. So if it was a super luxurious car, maybe it had electric windows. Mm-hmm. If you buy a 20-year-old car now, it's a car from 2001. And I've owned a car from, I owned multiple cars from that era. They are perfectly fine, adequate car. They are fast, they're comfortable. They have everything you, you could want. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah, well, we'll see. To be honest, yeah, I mean, this also, to bring it back to the, you, you know, we should always come back full circle, right? So to bring it back to the reviews, I mean, I already, I mean, it crossed, it crossed my mind already that I was thinking, I am way too late to the game because all not because youtube is already conquered and yeah all the big players are already it's more like even if i keep this up how long will i really enjoy i mean one thing is that the cars are good already every car is good but the thing is if every every car is the same in the end does it really matter so yeah what are we going to review maybe just look at classic cars in the future yeah and don't review electric cars never do that because reviewing electric cars you can only make mistakes because either you are critical of Tesla and then the Tesla stands will hate you in the comments <laughs> or you are not critical enough of Tesla in the, and then the comments will tell you that you are, you've been bought by Tesla and yeah, you love Tesla and everything. And like, I don't care about that company. You Tesla <laughs> fanboy. Yeah, because yeah, somebody offered me a, a Model X to review and I really was not sure because I thought, well, maybe if I, if I do it, I should not do it in the beginning. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, we have reached the end of our podcast. Any final words? Maybe first from you, since you're our special guest today. Now you don't have, you don't give me time to think about it. So (laughs) in my final words, yes, I have actually final words. Ah, you see. And there's, is that framing of the camera intentional or was it supposed to film like part of that? light reflector. Uh, that's a good point, actually. You know, that was completely intentional, of course. Because I like it, because I, I have a straight line to myself, mm-hmm. but <laughs> but now oh. that I think of it, it's like, you know, you the could thing, have been in the frame as well, you know. Ah, uh, that's why I put up the other one. But uh, the thing is, um, you know what? People mistake me for a professional videographer, 
and I need to show them. That's why I do <laughs> keep doing this silly stuff. So uh, yeah, to remind people, hey, I am just starting out with this. I thought you're just gonna say you're gonna cut it out later. Oh yes, we're gonna <laughs> edit it out. Well, it's, uh, well, actually, I don't know. Um, I mean, even Photoshop, it's one frame. You can do this content-aware fill, right? Where you can just cut out stuff and it will fill it with something. I mean, I'm not sure if this works for video as well. I mean, if it worked, you would need a hell of a computer. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, my laptop is almost already almost dying when I... Well, you have a huge machine over there. Yeah, yeah, I'm... I'm cutting it with the laptop, but... <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> yeah, Manuel, your last words. What should I say? Uh, I had a lot of time to think, but I still don't know what to say. Um, no, um... Well, it was again, was a lot of fun, obviously, um, especially now having Mario here, a completely new face uh, on the table. It's really cool. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously vote no against the CO2 uh, stuff in two weeks time. And uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the next one, obviously. Yes. To the next one. I hope we will see you again at some point. Well, we actually have a date, all right? <laughs> that is true. That is true. But uh, yeah, even beyond that, um, yeah, it was super fun having you here. Really enjoyed that. Um, also, thank you very much to everybody who yeah went through this hour of, of uh, ramblings and rants and uh, insights of dinosaurs, right? Well, I shouldn't say that since it turns out I'm the youngest here. I should not say that. <laughs> yeah, that was very insensitive. Yeah, super rude. <laughs> and probably also racist. <laughs> How? 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 Hey, it's the internet. They will find something. Yeah, yeah okay. You say. Yeah, you find why I'm a, why I'm a, a rampant um, a racist. And, and why you hate Tesla. Later. Or why you're so hard on Tesla. Or why not hard enough on Tesla. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I, well, we'll find out. We'll find out. Otherwise, I mean, if, if I get um, a court order, I will know latest. Hey, thank you very much, guys. And yeah. Thanks to you too. And please comment down below. What do you think of the topics we discuss? What is your opinion? <laughs> and then please like if you like this video and consider subscribing to the future podcasts. And don't exactly. forget to make fun of Doubt's name. We are still missing that since still two weeks, uh, two um, uh, podcasts ago. Yes. Thank you very much. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> bye bye.